Good evening and welcome to the first Victory Monday podcast of the season. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? How much, man? Yeah. Still kind of processing yes. the events from Saturday night. Yeah. I'm not quite sure if I know what to make of them yet, but I did I did enjoy the victory and I did enjoy, you know, being back and watching a game. Uh, yeah. You know, it was nice to have college football back. It was a fun weekend. Yes. And there's, I know there's a lot to get to here. A lot of, not just nits to pick, just a lot of things to actually criticize, right? But there's also like, I was channeling you a lot, Rob, especially yesterday, Sunday, like as I was thinking about Saturday night, just, they did win 38 to three. Yeah. They won right? by and like, points. we're yeah. at a point where that is like, it's like the sky is falling because we won 38 to three. Like, okay. Like, you know, like maybe I should calm down a little bit. Yeah. Um, did some real week one-ish crap in the first half, especially, you know. But anyways, we'll get there. Uh, as always, brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Go by the shop and mention the podcast and get a free sticker. But also go by there and just pick up everything you need for your fall trips. Um, and for anything you need for the outdoors, actually. Yeah, Rob, I got one of those... Um, sun long sleeve shirts from there oh yeah and with the spf those are yeah those are i gotta say i know it's such an old man thing but as i just had stuff frozen off my nose two weeks ago like and you know we'll get to jimmy buffett dying over the weekend yeah. of skin cancer i just that th and that shirt is awesome i kept thinking it was going to be so hot and like it's weird like some of my friends are wearing them in the ocean or wearing them in the pool and they're fantastic they're great it's like the greatest thing ever yeah. and uh they have tons of those from like sims and other cool brands and stuff in there like definitely go check it out. Um, obviously all the fishing people, like they want the lightest weight thing they can have <laughs> and still no, not die from skin I mean, cancer. They're just as good for hanging out on your back, on your back. Correct. When yeah. you're grilling. I mean, um, sun protection mm -hmm. is important. Yeah. Yep. They look good too. They're comfortable. They look good. Yes. And they work, yeah. So. yeah. So yeah, go see the guys. Um, I know they're really excited for the season to start and have everybody back in town this weekend. Uh, we could use some rain, um, although preferably not on Saturday. So <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, we're going to do four downs tonight, as we always do from the Bucknell game. We're going to do a couple things we're looking forward to from. I mean, I know that the Bucknell game and the quarterback contra competition, controversy, what have you, issue um, has everybody nervous and, you know, all messed up. But this is also one of the most exciting weeks in a long, long time for JMU. Um, you know, I know I like personally was very excited to go to Morgantown. You and I have been, you know. We've been to Maryland. We've been to Carolina. Like mm -hmm. there've been other games that we were like, kind of, you know, this is a cool game. Glad we're getting this out of conference matchup. Nothing compares to this, right? This is this you have to go all the way back to the Tech game, yeah. right? To to get anywhere close. I mean, yeah. I spent the weekend in the, the long weekend in the Valley, and I mean, I can't tell you the amount of people talking about the game from both sides, and just like people who know I'm a big fan, and they're UVA people, and so they like come up and want to talk about it, you know. <laughs> And that part's awesome. And I just can't wait for the weekend. So everybody, don't get too upset. Let's go have fun. Um, both teams have issues. <laughs> like, so, you know, anyways, we'll get there. Uh, Rob, I would just want to start with saying um, we'll get there. But, man, the vibes this weekend, they're just, they're off around JMU. Did you feel this at all from, from afar yeah. at all? Yeah, it was like I was watching Rome. You were in the Valley. You made a yeah. game. I had family stuff so i was up here it was weird um it was kind of subdued I, I don't know what was going on but certainly like the twitter experience or x or okay. it's called that's its whole thing now that user I, my yeah. hope for elon and the app and everything is like college football twitter can still save this thing like college yeah, football that's the one still thing weird. i still love about that's that a, yeah, it's great any it's kind great. of live event you yeah. know especially live sports it's the best. It, it's fantastic. And particularly yeah. college football. Cause it's such a crazy, weird, just bizarre game and experience. And it's like this awesome mm -hmm. subculture. So that's what I look forward to a lot. I love just the weirdness. I love everything going on. That wasn't the same sort of vibe. It was very kind of straightforward, yeah. um, subdued. It was just weird. The entire, the entire way that it played out certainly had a factor. I think, you know, we can't underestimate the fact that, you know, you win by 35 points. I, beggars can't be choosers like what's going on here we're like you, like you said we're gonna pick some nits and everything we gave up four yards in the second half yeah like um 
this was a, and you look around the rest of the Sun Belt, there are teams that escape by the skin of their teeth. And you know what? It probably won't matter. I don't, I'm not really thinking Marshall's going to have an off year because they struggled with all. Oh, but yeah, if we had gone, if we had beat Albany by three points, we'd be freaking the hell out. <laughs> I'd be freaking out. But at the same time, like, as a Jamie fan looking at Marshall fans, I'd be like, yeah, eh, it's, it's college football. One of those games, the season's still, the season's still the season. It, you, they weren't picked yeah. as one of the favorites, yep. you know, three weeks ago. And then, oh my gosh, they have a rough performance or some bounces don't go out their way. And now all of a sudden everybody was wrong. The sky is falling. Well, and on the other hand, thank God we played Texas state last year. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, well, I forgot. Oh. They've got like 5 million quarterbacks. <laughs> they do. Yeah. EJ Finley. But still, via, they via LSU and Auburn, um, like it wasn't like they stole a game. No, they, they dominated, beat their ass, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, like it was, yeah. Congrats, big congrats to Texas State and Louisiana Monroe. Yeah, um, beat Army. Done. So a couple really good performances. On the other hand, like I, you know, South Al kind of crapped the bed in their big in the big matchup of the weekend against Tulane. Tulane. In the woodshed, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, yeah. Who knows what's what's coming? Like you said, I, there's a lot of week one stuff um including rhode island getting absolutely screwed against georgia state on that fourth down measurement thing with the double chain and then clearly looking like they didn't make like i didn't understand they put the chain up and then the ball wasn't there and then they said first down anyways like yeah they they measured it again that was yeah and both times the defensive players seemed to be celebrating because they seemed to see the daylight between the ball and the stick but i don't know whatever Fun times in Atlanta. Well, we've talked about this in the past, but like of all oh, the yes, money the, the, pouring the, the, into sports, the, get rid of the sticks. This is yeah. it's twenty of a billion dollar sport measured yeah. with an old man with glasses and a chain. Right. I mean, if we can measure exit velo and know where things are landing, and right. you can have photo finishes in Formula One, and we got to tread out two like <laughs> guys who are like lawyers and doctors right. during the week and running right. the chains for seventy five bucks a game. Like this, that doesn't make sense. No. This is not the precision we need. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I fear I've already steered us astray here. Um, 38-3, Dukes over Bucknell on Saturday night. A uh, couple things off the top. Um, sounds like they lost Abby and Akonje and Solomon Van Horse potentially for quite some time, if not the Maybe season. The season. Yeah. Really frustrating for both those players. Um, you know, at the same time, like these things happen and, you know, I don't know. I mean, those are not catastrophic, right? It wasn't Jalen Walker and Reggie Brown. Um, so, you know, I, it sucks. It sucks for those two guys in particular because they've really put in their time at JMU and fought through things previously. And they look like they were both on track to some bigger things this year. And it yeah. really sucks. But that's kind of the, I mean, that's the bad, the big, big headline bad news coming out of the game. Um, otherwise, it doesn't sound like there were too many injuries. Uh, Duke's play to yeah, we'll get to what happened. Rob, should we just start? I mean, we're going to do four downs, but should we just make first down the quarterback? Yeah, they just ripped the bandit yeah. off. Yeah, so obviously Alonzo Barnett um, struggled mightily throughout the first half, and he only got to throw. It was a little weird. I, I know you and I talked a little bit last night. It's a little weird that he went back in in the second half, and then they didn't really throw the ball. It's more than a little weird. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, I did go back and watch, and there was one throw, and even that one was underthrown. And it's like, it's just that was weird because it's like, if if you're not going to let him throw, then just put the other guy in. What was it supposed to be like a confidence building measure? I didn't understand. Like, do you want to get him in there and just have him lead a couple scoring drives, and then and then if he does that, get call some short passes. Like, I didn't understand the point in leaving him in there for a few series, making him hand off the ball. Yeah. And then pulling him. Was it, is it it's just hard like, too? Cause I don't know. You could tell, I mean, Signetti obviously was very Signetti post game, um, extremely honest and, and kind of straightforward about the whole situation. It's kind of sarcastic. And, yeah. Almost. Yeah. I mean, arguably to a fault, but, yeah. but I, I, I still take that over, you know, dressing it up and not, and feeding us BS like in some ways. Um, well, in some ways you got to, he knows the a, kids too. I, I was saying in some ways you got to hope that's a credit to both guys. Yes, and to Barnett Alonzo, and like, like yeah. Alonzo comes across like a guy who can be coached. He doesn't come across like a guy who's going to try to just get by on talent and not spending time in the film room. He knows. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it, my biggest thing, Todd. I mean, my first yeah. down would have been like it was just sad for me to watch. Like it was for me too. 
but I, you and I, I think, are kind of in the bag for Alonzo, just for whatever weird reasons. Yep. The proximity to where he played yeah, high yeah. school ball or where you were living when he played yeah. high school ball. Um, he just seems like a really good guy. He does. Um, I, I love the way that last year, when we talk about football Twitter or Jamie Twitter, he was standing up for Atkins in a big way online. Yeah. I thought that really just said something about the guy and his character yep. and, and what he's yep. like as a teammate and a friend. Yep. Um, yep. But at the same time, it, it wasn't there. He didn't it make was any throws. Like it no. wasn't a hard call, you know? But I got to believe like he won the job for a reason. And we're hearing like he won the job kind of going away. Like he got first team reps all camp. Yeah. So to me, like that was like a Mackie Sasser disease thing. It was like, you know, Chuck Knobloch or Rick Ankeel. Like that to me looked completely mentally. It, that it was did. so sad to me. It wasn't like, you know, oh, he was making bad reads and the speed of the game no. was ahead of him. Like, oh, he's it just like he was afraid to throw it. It looked like he like, couldn't throw it. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, it, I mean that that he last guiding it instead of slinging it. He's you know? pushing it. Yeah. It was. Yep. It looked to me like the guy was having like just the yips. Yeah. And that's yep. really it hard. I mean, it's probably frustrating to him because it wouldn't shock me if like he went through the ball after the practice and was slinging them after the game. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's and for people who don't know, like Mackie Sasser disease. Mackie Sasser was a catcher who could not throw the ball back to the pitcher reliably. Like he, he had a good arm, but in, when the games came, like he would need to, he'd take steps and walk it back. He'd bounce it. Chuck Knobloch famously was a, you know, decent fielder for a while. Then couldn't make the throw from second base reliably. reliably. Yep. Rick Ankeel, we saw him melt down, you know, rookie yep. of the year. And then what do you have? Like five or six wild pitches in two innings? Yeah, like couldn't pitch, couldn't pitch yeah, straight anymore. Just, yeah. I mean, he, it just happens. We're like, there's Steve like a mental David break. David Duvall in golf. Yeah. Right. Like just. And I felt like that's what I was watching. Can't hit the can't hit the ball anymore. Yeah, particularly when when Barnett had to throw that screen pass towards the end of the Mm -hmm. second half, and it was like a ten yard screen pass, and he bounced it, bounced it five yards. It was just like, oh my gosh, it was kind of heartbreaking. So I thought maybe like it, a face value or like looking at it from my perspective, as I just stated, I didn't understand why you put him back in there, but maybe they were just hoping something would click or it would be well, and you saw the little better than pulling them at halftime. Like, For is sure. that better than, you know, like, is it just and you better? saw some of the flashes? Like he obviously had the rushing touchdown. Yes. He seemed to make good decisions on the RPO, you know, like what to do, even if he couldn't necessarily complete the pass when it was a pass from the RPO, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, he got that little block on the long, on one of the black runs, you know, like he, he's obviously a kid who like, does all the right things kind of mm-hmm. and for whatever reason he couldn't throw and like you said it was just it was just really tough to watch and and uh i was pleased i'll say in watching the game live just to to move on to mcleod uh who is now announced as the starter for this weekend obviously that was pretty pretty obvious Absolutely. by the end of the game um i was really nervous just watching the game and kind of like fading you know my attention wanes in the fourth quarter as they're you know they were never in danger of losing either which was kind of a weird thing about this game because I think that was what that was one of the things I think Signetti was the most frustrated with was he knew he could actually just turn and hand it off every play and they could win by the same score. Yeah. Like he just didn't want to do that because he wanted to run the offense mm-hmm. and like, you know, have the other kids learn, right? Um they were never really in de- I mean, Bucknell had yeah, they just didn't do anything. They, you know, it wasn't gonna happen. But the one thing I was really frustrated at the game is I Obviously, like the second pass from McLeod, you know, that's a pick six next week. Yeah. Against UVA. And the Bucknell kid couldn't make the play. Um, and then he caught, you know, a couple where he held the ball or was a little nervous. Like, like I was I was just thinking, like, okay, he's gonna get all the credit and everyone's gonna say he should be the obvious, but he actually wasn't good either. I will say, re-watching the second half today, he really improved as the half. Beautiful went on. deep ball. Yeah, that beautiful deep, deep ball. And a scoring. really good, like a good little throw on that play to the goal line that Jamie has run a million times, you know, since, since the, you know, in the post Mickey era, that fake handoff little slant over the middle, um, you know, for the last touchdown and some good throws. Like I liked his ideas, right. Just like throw the ball, you know, you got Reggie Brown going, try to hit him with the back shoulder. Like, yeah, he missed it a little bit, but that, you know, you know, the one to Surratt where they replayed it and he had one foot in and, you know, the play stood, but you thought like, if that's a better throw, he might, go for 50 yards. But at yeah, the same but, time, I did feel like it looked, McLeod looked like a player who improved, like as you would expect, you know, like over the course of four or five series. And he wasn't thrown to those guys in camp. Right. That's what he I mean. He's running with the, with the twos. And, yep. So, I, you know, I 
I, it did give me some excitement going to next week. And the other thing that really encouraged me, Rob, and everybody's ever played sports knows this. You know who the two guys who were the most hyped when McLeod, when they scored the touchdown on the first McLeod drive was Taurus Carroll and Jalen Walker. Yeah. Like they were, you know, right up to him, hyped on the sidelines. These are your, you know, defensive studs. And it's just one of those things where sometimes like game recognizes game, Yeah, you know, and like no matter who's nice and smart and all these things, like these guys, you know, they, they know who the athlete is and they've, They've obviously seen that, you know, they probably watched and play at Arizona or South Florida, you know, and um, I don't know. It, it just if the leaders kind of cued the team that it's OK to cheer for the this guy or both guys or what have you, which is what we've always seen in the Signetti era, that there's been support for both quarterbacks. Um, well, it goes back to what we we're saying about Barnett supporting Atkins. Yeah, exactly. Be- that I think they're going to be OK. And with the Barnett well, thing, I mean, remember the Cole Gage, the COVID season. Yes. Right. Like I'm not giving up on Barnett at all. Like he had a terrible night. He was really nervous. Whatever happened, happened. But he won the job because he didn't win the job by bouncing the ball in three times or overthrowing guys in the end zone on back-to-back plays. You know, like he won the job because he was good. And you feel like maybe, you know, it feels like there's some real Cole Johnson potential down the road. But Well, I mean, you pull the guy after – it stinks that he lost the job. In the third quarter, I mean, he lost it before the half. Obviously, yeah, he, ha- he had reason. to though, right? Yeah, like, I mean, you got to find something before next week. And, oh yeah, you got to yeah. do it. But I mean, so like that stinks, but it's 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 recoverable. He's a redshirt freshman. Correct. It, it's not. I mean, like we're all disappointed because we all had visions of four year starters and everything. The guy's fine, and in all likelihood, he's going to play again this year with the way yep. the game goes. You know, um, either in mop up duty or you know they need to make a switch for injuries or rest or something but yep this is not it's not over you know he had a bad game stuff happens they make the move i think it's better to make the move and give mcleod the job like like signetti said yesterday or maybe it was today mcleod's been in the arena Um, barnett had a tough night the other night i don't think that the guy is a choker hopefully it was just one of those things like it was just you have the yips and they're gone it's whatever you had a bad night um if that goes on two or three games in a row, then you start having a problem. Putting him in UVA, having that happen in a big crowd with a game that means a lot to the fan base, yep. there's other implications. This seems like the right thing to do, obviously for the team based on play, but also for the guy. You, you don't want to have a kid lose his confidence. Say, hey, man, it happens. People have bad debuts. We're going to put you back there. You're going to learn from Jordan, and we're going to head into the spring, and you know it's going to be your job your job to win or your job to lose. So you know, you're, you're the presumptive starter next year. Uh, so I got to trust Signetti. And look, you know, if McLeod, I mean, it could go the other way, right? If McLeod goes in there and throws a pick six and it's 17-3 UVA at the half, you know, nobody's going to be upset if one of the other kids comes in, right? So it's just, it's still to play for. It's obviously frustrating. We've been very spoiled for, I mean, from Withers on, right? I mean, from that on, we've been really spoiled, except for the COVID season when there was that back and forth between Cole and Gage. And, um, but then once Gage got COVID and Cole got the job, he that's what I mean. Then he going. ran with it forever. With it. Yeah. Right. And, and we sort of saw that with Danucci too. Like we weren't sure about him and, and then he really earned his spot and became the leader, you know? Well, and, there's um, also and like a lot of people um, online and friends of ours on yep. texts and everything or speculating this was some sort of 3d chess from Signal. No, 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 I don't <laughs> no, think I, don't it, I mean that, that if it I is the idea, I don't, think yeah, that. I love the idea. Um, I would think, I do think maybe, there's something too. Maybe if you were like splitting time or you really didn't know, but reports yeah. emerged on was it Saturday morning yeah. that no McLeod was not getting first team reps after day one. Uh, that yeah. would be either Signetti is a mad genius or completely reckless. If you were to be like, I'm going to not have this guy practice the entire time with the ones, but then I'm going to start him week two. Like, I, I don't think right. that's happening. No, no. If it was close, you might, I, maybe a Belichick or Signetti, maybe you start one guy to, to, play coy or as a smoke screen. I don't think that's what's happening here. No. Yeah. No. There is one really good paragraph. If anybody hasn't read it in the daily news uh, piece by Shane Metlin after the game, really talking this through and just saying like Barnett and Griffiths are both like students of the game. They're like, so coaches, you know, the kind of kid every coach wants to have, they, 
you know, they're such good practice players kind of thing. Not to say that they're not gamers and the same thing, not to say that McLeod is just a gamer, but there was like, it was a pretty good explanation of how this all went down, you know, mm-hmm. um, and whether or not Signetti was frustrated with McLeod because he felt like he wasn't, you know, he thought the job was his and didn't have to earn it. All that can be true. And the fact that like, if it was close, it, it would have been close, right? Like what you just said, like, you know, one person, one player had separated themselves and it didn't work out. So we'll see what happens this week. So yeah, I don't have much else on the quarterback, Rob. Um, I hope all, I hope they can all support each other. Um, Griffiths did get a, I don't know if he threw the ball even, but I think it was two for two. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've just sort of heard through the grapevine too, that from the player side, like they think he's really good too. Um, obviously his brother played pretty darn well for wake this week. So we'll see. All right, Rob, let's get to a second down. Where do you want to start? You got anything stand out to you here? The guy you just mentioned, Taurus Carroll. Yeah. I mean that, that he looks to be the guy. I was impressed with, uh, Kamara too, but Taurus Carroll looks to be the guy this year. I, <laughs> funny, I was really. I wrote down Kamara too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. We can. No, no, no. That's great. Later. Yeah. But I was, I was just really impressed. Like he was all over yeah. the place. He was playing hard. Um, the defense came out. I don't, I don't want to say a little bit shaky. Look at him. They gave up three points, but like they weren't dominating like I thought they would in the first half. And then right. the second half, it was just forget about it. Um, yeah, I was really confused by Bucknell because the kid who played quarterback in the first half. Was good, pretty good. Yeah, and like they made some plays, and he could move around. Like he was shifty a little bit, and then they put in the older kid in the second. I don't know what happened there, but yeah. Anyways, it was a paycheck game for them. Or it like. was, it was, and and that did make me happy too. That like, okay, like for all of our skies falling craziness about the quarterback and the offense yesterday, the defensive coaching staff did exactly what the defensive coaching staff did all season. They went into halftime, figured their crap out, and gave up four yards. Yeah. In the second half, right? Like they did give up some plays in the first half. Um, they weren't, I didn't feel like it was funny because I felt like they gave up that long pass and another long run or so, but they were contest. Like it wasn't like a broken play where somebody was wide open. Like they were contested plays and the Bucknell kids made, made a few plays here. Yeah. And, there, and it's, it's another, it's a hack thing to say on a Monday night from somebody watching right. it, but the tackling didn't seem great. In the first. No. Time. And I, you would expect I mean, that earlier in the season. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Carol was awesome. I, I have, it's funny. I thought Carol was so good last year, mm-hmm. but he kind of, even I kind of overlooked him at times because of, in particular, like, I think the, the Jalen Walker interception at App State, it's just like, it's the biggest play of the season. Mm-hmm. And it like totally changes my perception of every, I don't know. In, in some ways I felt like Carol got overlooked because he wasn't necessarily making the biggest play of the game every game. Yeah. But he was right there all the time. And, and sometimes two, it's just doing your job and taking away options for the yeah, offense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like you mentioned, I mean, we'll just talk about him now. I mean, I thought Mikhail Kamara was another one who just really flashed yesterday. Um, and if you go back and watch, like, Jamie blitzed a couple times, like with Surratt or maybe in the first half, but they were really vanilla defensively throughout the game. Yeah. Um, which is encouraging. I, I know Carroll came in. I think it was a Carol or Walker. I don't, one of them had a sack later, like in the second half, but I don't even know that that was like a design. It was more like nobody's on your side, so you should rush. Like, yeah. you know, um, and I did think like for all our complaints about the defense, they didn't show Virginia anything on film, like defensively. Like we just lined up and played base defense most of the game. I mean, if, to me, I know in the stands, I felt like, man, we're not getting as much pressure as I thought we would against this team. Um, but part of that was like we just didn't do what no we did. Stunts, like we no didn't send a lot of extra players. Yeah, it was just hat on hat. Yeah, and we talked about like Bucknell's one side of their O line was like the best part of their team. You know that like I don't know. So yeah, I didn't feel bad. I, you know, it sucks about Inakonje. I will say on the Inakonje injury, I mean, not to not to silver lining it for him. There's no silver lining for him. Um, but there's obviously a bunch of young, talented players that have been recruited or come into the program on that, in that, at that position who are really going to get a chance now. Um, and I guess I'm just kind of hopeful that a couple of those guys step up. So we'll see what happens. Um, third down, Rob, one thing I, I got to mention that I was really thrilled with uh, was special teams. Oh, that was my fourth down. Damn. Okay, good. Yeah, no. Well, the, and then I got another <laughs> I like, one we Do, do about. we have a return game this year? That's we do. Yeah. We were back to like being, and we, 
So we made a field goal. Yeah. Almost every kickoff was a touchback or like mm -hmm. right on the goal line where they have to think about whether it's a touchback or not. Um, made all our extra points. We blocked a punt, which we haven't done in a long time. And yes, we have a return game, yeah. both before and after the Van Horse injury. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, whether it was Van Horse or Surratt in there, um, yes, we seem to have a return game. Now, obviously that's Bucknell and it's week one, but I was just, and, and we downed a punt at the one. Yeah. Like one of our own punts. So yeah, it was just all the way around. It was really crisp. That's one of the things we talked about last week, that that was something you can, you can actually watch and scout, you know, actually evaluate in week one a little bit against Bucknell. And a plus, like, like, I really don't know what else they could have done. I mean, that was like you said, the return game. How exciting! How exciting to see them, and they seemed like they were setting up the block, like they had an idea of what they were doing, back like the D'Angelo Amos days, kind of. So, yeah, no, I'm really, really thrilled with that, and um, you know, that gives me that's very encouraging. Moving to the the bigger games on the schedule. Uh, where the yeah, I agree. I was I was better. really excited about that by everything yeah. you said, but mostly the return game. Um, Surratt has been really good the past couple of years mm -hmm. when he's just in terms of just catching the ball, which is a bigger deal than people realize, and everybody gets frustrated. But it's nice to see that he's got a little move. We saw glimpses of it last year. Yep, and it looks like that could be more of not just something that he's going to flash this year, but that might actually be a strength of the team. Yeah, and I even liked his decision on the one he dropped late, like where he kind of muffed it, but then he was just like, fall on the ball. Yeah, just go get like, it. Don't smart. make a thing of this. Yeah, just dive on the ball. Right? Well, he's, that... he's always been smart in the in the return game in terms of like he just secures the ball. That's the most important thing. Yep. yep. And sometimes that can save you 15 yards on the bounce, so on and so forth. But to see him, you know, do that element of his game in the situation that you just mentioned, but also have a little bit of scamper, a yes. little bit of move. Like it's, I, I think that could be a strength and that's probably not just him, yep. you know, to the – to the idiot fans like us, like, oh, great turn. But that means everything's going well. So that's that's a unit sort of victory. So I was I was really encouraged by that. For sure. And then I guess the one other thing I wanted to mention that I've written down, I, th I thought the corner play was pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, I know they gave up a couple passes in the first half, but I was really nervous. You know, the fan base, like others in the JMU world, have been so hyped about uh, Chauncey Logan, you know, who really flashed like some sometimes last season. But I also felt like last season I was a little bit like I was still a little nervous about like like the consistency there, um, and I thought him and Coles both like I don't know I I think they're going to be fine like they looked like they really were more locked in than last year where last year you could see them make a play here and there and you're like oh my gosh that kid's so talented, but then you'd also see them you know not necessarily like get beat for a deep ball, but just give too much cushion or not necessarily step up to tackle the right way or whatever. Um, and I was a little encouraged by both of their play yesterday. Um, to, I don't know. Just, I'm not worried about safety. I mean, we got Meehan and Q Reed and those guys are going to fly around and do what they do. Like, and, and, and Surratt, like I thought they were all pretty good, but I was nervous about corner and that's exciting. Um, especially going, you know, look, I don't know. Virginia's quarterback situation is, uh, I don't know. Ours might be better right now. Um, you well, with Logan, I, I think it's interesting because like he earned the starting job for a reason, but he earned the starting job kind of on talent. You know, it's, it's yes, it's, yeah, it's, like, that's a tough one. So he was adjusting to college football on the fly. You're right. That's that is, a fair that way is to a say. Very it. hard position to play. Obviously, you got to be an yes. island. Takes, and also mentally, that's a tough one. Yeah, you got to forget things, and yeah, yeah, you're gonna screw up. Even the mm -hmm. best corners, you screw up. You do things. So like, I think a lot of the fan base were kind of maybe overly critical in hindsight of him because we saw him, you know, he earned his way onto the field and because he's a playmaker, he can do things, but he got beat a lot or he, or he made mistakes, made the wrong reads or was right. in the wrong place. Well, yeah, he was a freshman. Yep. I mean, the guy was playing high school ball two years ago. Now yeah, he's yeah, yeah. your starter. Yeah. Like, yeah. so you'd expect this year, this would normally be when he'd start to get some reps. Now he's coming back as a returning starter. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got a really high ceiling. That's a, it just looked to me yesterday like his game has caught up to his talent. Yeah. You know, and like the game starting, he knows what he needs to do play to play as opposed to just trying to make a big play, you know? I mean, Todd, um, you just think back like you and I were not oh, college yeah. athletes. How difficult was us just to adjust to life 
in yes. college first semester. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. We forget that because we're so used to watching these like football factories operate. And even that people underestimate. Like, like, I have like, to procure my own meals. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, like, yeah, like, yeah. It's a huge adjustment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't even imagine these guys that are 18 years old finding their way in the locker room with 120 people. Like, how do you just learn names or know where to go for your locker? <laughs> yeah. Like, Speaking of um, which, uh, Maxwell Moss, the end of the game, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. It, yeah. it's crazy the fact that you yeah. can just like step into something like it's hard enough to move to adjust to college as a normal student, but to do it when you need to get part of this big machine, uh, yes. a machine with very high standards yes. and a lot of pressure by virtue of the fact that you're playing for a team that won by 35 points and the fans are kind of freaking out. Like it's, yes. there's yeah. a lot, and so I look back like. I mean, I say the fans were critical. We were kind of critical of him last yep. year. Yes. But it seems silly. Like what, what, he was yeah, playing with house money in every sense of the world. And we should have recognized that. Right. I'm sure that the coaches would have preferred to have a veteran player in that spot last year. Yeah. But they didn't have it. They but they didn't him. have it. And right. so like, yeah, we're going to go out freshman. there and we're going to take the good with the bad. Yes. And um, there was a yep. lot of good. Yep. Exactly. There was a lot of good. So. so. Rob, you got anything else? I want to do a quick rundown of some non-field related things. Well, no, I mean, we got to talk about the running game. I know it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 250 oh, yards. Sorry, it was yes. now, but I mean, they, they were, they were breaking off yards in chunks. Palmer and black both were fantastic. I thought, um, that's I a thought Tyson Lawton was pretty good in the second yes. half. Yeah. But we got like a thunder and lightning situation going on. Um, yeah, I, you and I are, I've always been very high on Palmer. I kind of like him just as the kind of the slugger or so yes. to speak, like black, it, it, neither one is going to be a 25 carry back. I don't think yep. that's the state of college football today, but man, like, like we said, you know, you bring in Palmer after you're chasing somebody like black and black's got the kind of yeah. escapability and go yeah. around guys, but he can also drop the shoulder. And then you just have Palmer who I thought did a better job this week of kind of running laterally than hitting the hole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he'd yeah. kind of scamper and then North it was yep. patience, the right word. Mm -hmm. um, Cause man, he brings the hammer. So I, I thought the two of them, were fantastic. And oh, and it's such credit a credit to the offensive like, line as well. Also with like Lawton and the offensive line, yeah, what a luxury to, you know, mm -hmm. really kind of, I mean, I felt like they held Black back, right? He had a couple of big yeah. runs in the first half, you know, did, I mean, he had over a hundred yards and like 130 yards or something, mm -hmm. but in some ways, like they didn't, they weren't going to risk him in this game in the no. second half, you know, and it's a nice luxury to have even Wayne Knight, Tyson Lawton, like some other guys that you can still rely on, you know, um, yeah, those so, guys yeah, get no, yards. If, yeah, if, running if game looked good. I got no complaints about the running game or the O line on the whole. Um, you know, the the ones that I I don't know what I'd be interested to hear what offensive staff would say. Like the ones there was one play where McLeod truly got sacked, but even that almost looked like more of a busted play. Mm -hmm. Then, but the other ones were you know the one where Barnett threw the interception to start of the game, and then a couple were. Um, McLeod was under pressure. It felt like the quarterback was holding the ball. So yeah. I don't I don't know that that was on the line, you know. Um, and one thing's for sure, this week they didn't want to run the ball every time, even though they could have. This coming week at UVA, if they can run the ball every time, they will just run the ball every time. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, like, you know. You do whatever you have to get out of there with a win this weekend. Yes. Any way they can get a win um, will be awesome. Uh, I, I think that's the case pretty much here on out. You know, conference games are like that too. Nobody's playing for style points. No, no. From now on, it doesn't game. matter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Good point on the running game, Rob. Um, a couple of things. I, we both – I was really glad to see Kevin Warner from JMU. I, don't, I forget what his title is, director of marketing or communications or whatever, acknowledged today. Uh, he put out – you know, they put out a statement saying like, we recognize the television production was not up to our standard and it, we will improve. Um, I don't know that you can ask for much else, um, but I would have asked for that <laughs> because yesterday was rough. Um, there was echo, there was feedback, there was dead air, there were missed calls. Like, it, it, I don't know. We didn't seem to know when McLeod entered the game, which is only the most like, it's like the major point of the whole spring and fall camp yeah, is the quarterback game. competition. Um, so yeah, I, you know, not going to be negative in any large way, but it kind of has to be said. And I was glad that JMU acknowledged it and am hopeful for the way things move in the future. I'll, I'll go one step further. Yeah. 
I thought it was cool how Kevin put that out personally. Yes. You, you could have put that out under a JMU Sports yeah. account or some sort of press release, but yep. um, Kevin's <laughs> a guy who's out there. He's the face of it. And I just thought that was kind of a stand-up move. Yep. And I applaud him for that. Uh, yeah. Like you, it was, it was a frustrating situation. That stuff happens. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. It's nice to see them not running from it. Um, yeah. You can say one thing about JMU is like, JMU is learning as it goes and as it moves into this world of FBS football. Yeah. Well, and uh, on that note. Has, but, but like, I, I think it's good. Like a lot of people say, oh, just send your feedback or we're open to feedback. They seem like they legitimately are. Um, yes. I know the concessions still were not perfect, but Jamie's been upfront being like, we need to fix this. This is not a good experience. Um, They're trying new things. I expect they will continue to try other new things and try to refine the ones they have. So like, I don't know. I, I was as frustrated as anybody watching that game on Saturday. So looking forward to it. You can strike, but whatever. I'm, I'm sure yeah. I sound like crazy fanboy or shilling for the university. It's hard. The Bucknell part of it is hard too. Yeah. Right. It was a boring game against a boring opponent, right? It was 17, three at half. It was 24 to three at the end of the third quarter. There just wasn't, you know, the big plays both came in the fourth quarter kind of like, you know, it's preseason. It's hard. Yeah. Preseason. You know, like Um, that's like you don't get for, you know, just like we say players have rough games, things happen. And you got to adjust. I don't know what was going on. There's some sort of technical difficulties. I just, it was frustrating. I thought it was really cool that Kevin put it out there right away and opened himself up to criticism. And I, if if you have feedback, not screaming and yelling, but actual yep. feedback, like this, I'm telling you, they're more than happy to hear it and take for it sure. seriously. For sure. If you yell at them, you don't deserve the time of day. You yeah, know, no, just no. you should be, they should ignore you and you should expect to be ignored. But if you got constructive criticism, send it their way. They're looking to get better. They're, they're yeah, because sure there's a massive, massive improvement on the beer line. Yeah, that's so awesome. incredible. Like you go, that's you insane. Your, like I, that people I, were frustrated last year and they said, Hey, we got to change this, do this. Correct. They heard people loud and clear and they made changes. And I'm sure they will continue to tweak it. So, yeah, because you used to have to go and get a wristband. And so you had to wait in that line and then you had to wait in another line. Mm hmm. And this year, like they just they check your ID at the entrance to the line. Sometimes it get a little long. I bought a beer for me and Chris. Chris bought one beer for himself. Like neither of us ever waited more than like two minutes to get a beer. Um, and they were and we did not wait for like special times. Like it was very quick. And and I've, they have food in the beer line. So yeah, once you I've, get your ID checked, it's like grab and go. So you grab the beer and you grab like they had some chips and cookies, like small things, which is great. Cause you don't have to go to two lines yeah, to just get a little snack. And, um, that I've was, never gotten a beer at Bridgeforth because okay, I well, that was, it was worth it. That it was, was a big, big a change. Hassle. Yeah. Um, I also think the whole thing, like you're not putting all the pressure on the people with the wristbands about the ID. Like, I don't know, you know, where we sit down in like 210, 211 is like where it starts to wrap around to the student section in the end zone. And last year there was just this whole, I don't know. Sometimes it seemed like there were more students than, were appropriate in the beer line um, <laughs> where today, like there's a, like a lady, you know, like a bouncer lady at the front of the line, like checking your ID each time. And um, so I, I felt like both from the efficiency standpoint and maybe from a, like a legality standpoint, they were both improvements. <laughs> well, um, that's good. Yeah. Which is good. Uh, entry to the stadium was not good. Like I was very hopeful with the new ticketing process. Um, a lot of this, I don't actually know if this is necessarily on JMU yet. Like the fans are all adjusting to this new process. So everything is electronic tickets now. And you have to like download your ticket from the JMU app. And then you have to, what I didn't do, my mistake, totally my mistake. I did not download my ticket from the JMU app to my Apple wallet before I arrived at the parking lot. And then I could not get the Wi-Fi, even with the improved Wi-Fi situation, I could not like I could not get the ticket out of the JMU app would not load my ticket. Um, and so I just, it just was very like frustrating. Like I wasted like 15 minutes waiting for the sort of signal to come in to then put it in the wallet. Um, but I know what I will do from now on is I will have those set before I arrive. Ready to go. Yeah. Yes. I was, it was Labor Day weekend and I was at the pool and you know, <laughs> I was very close by and I didn't, didn't sort of think through the process this week. Um, Still hopeful that can improve. It, it is frustrating because I felt like most fans were trying to get in the game on time this week. It was not like a like like the our lot was packing up at five fifteen, like for the six o'clock kick. 
like at five, five fifteen. Like nobody was like trying to push it and have extra beers or whatever. You know, like you get at homecoming or parents' weekend kind of thing. Um, and then it still was long, but that was okay. Um, on the positive side, I'm and then this is actually a positive and a negative. It's a positive in the sense the students were packed out the end zone. I mean, entirely packed. We were in our seats ten minutes before kick, and the end zone was entirely packed, and like excited, loud, awesome. And then everybody on the JMU, you know, Facebook thing just turns around and yells at them for leaving after halftime. But like, they were awesome. They were there. And like, people don't, um, I don't know. I, I didn't have a problem with them at all. Were they like loud and obnoxious and everything else? Yes. Good. Like, <laughs> that's fine with me. Like, people need to get over you. Like, okay. Yeah. Similar to what I just said about constructive yeah. criticism. I'm not saying we got to handle these kids, you know, with kid gloves or everybody gets a trophy, but like screaming at people online is not going to help never a, a bunch of freaking boomers going on facebook of all places yep. and complaining about college kids as if it's going to get to the college kids or make any impact like it, it, that's just boomers yelling at boomers right it, get over it like it ain't helping no um and then it's eight o'clock on a saturday night in a boring ass game where you're kind of disappointed that your team hasn't blown them out yet like i don't know like it's your second weekend of college yeah like it's, your, it's either yeah, you're going out. Get over it. You would have yeah. done the same thing. And no. people are like, oh, I wouldn't back in my days. Well, we've got, whatever, three and a half decades of an empty bridge. <laughs> right, 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 right. So. Yeah. Um, um, that was kind of interesting. And then the the other one, I, and I also should say, like, with the new parking and the new seats, the reseating and reparking, um, I was really glad to see that Swag and Kevin Cos, like, are both still in our section. But, like, I think a lot of people had some adjustments like when I said the vibes are off at the start of the show, like this is what I was saying. Like we only moved like halfway around the same parking lot that we've always been in, but it was just different. Right. And then, you know, our seats are like one row in front of our old seats, but it was different. So that I'm sure that stuff's going to work out. Um, And the same thing, like you said, the constructive criticism that Jamie was listening to additional pyrotechnics, Rob, there were some fireworks on every score. Yeah. I Which is cool. That. So that was a real, you know, attempt to kind of upgrade the stadium experience. Um, new in-game announcer. I'm going to say mixed reviews so far. Um, I'll just say like a B plus, like a little more energy. That was good. Um, still obviously adjusting to being the, like, I don't know the history of the person who got the job, but like you can't mispronounce QB one's name and <laughs> you can't call it, um, first down when it's actually fourth down. Um, <laughs> so like there was a couple, but at the same time, oh, like yeah. I know the in stadium announcing is actually even more difficult than like the TV and radio because you're actually broadcasting to all these people live. Like, yeah. I don't know that, you know, I'm sure they're going to work that out. Cause I thought that was okay. Um, got through parking. Yeah. They're trying with the entertainment. I, they, come on, guys. I, look, I know I'm sure that all the fans voted that they want to keep the food race, but you can't have the food race have an elaborate plot. Just race the food and get off the field. Like <laughs> they, they like stopped at midfield and did this whole nonsense with the friggin' Duke dog. It was, oh my God. And it's just like, it feels, again, we're back to Spotswood High School. I, like that's the thing that bothers me. And then the same thing, I don't know how the band, I, look, I know I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, Rob. This is like the worst thing I've ever said. But man, the band has been under the same leadership forever. And we got 500 people in the band, and I think 400 of them are horns, which is awesome. I love horns, but it's a lot. And we're still playing John Williams and Tony Bennett. Like, what are we doing? Like, I, I don't know. I just did that. Oh, that you're going to feel some heat. You're I know. Heat. I, man, it's been a long time. But I, well, I also remember in the past when Prince died, they managed to weave in a little bit of Prince. Mm-hmm. These kids are really good musicians. They're incredible. In fact, I'd say they're fantastic musicians, right? The, the reason they're there is because they can pick this stuff up. How they didn't do 10 seconds of Margaritaville or something like that this weekend, like Just that's like a big, it's a huge a field, miss. Like not a full, yeah. Those kids, and you don't have to do the whole song. I know the kids, you can't learn a song in a day, but like these kids are pros, you know, a hundred of them can pull it off, right? Um and, and then just like, I, I was so, I was excited because it's like the Tony Bennett, Lady Gaga stuff, but then we're going to lean into the Tony Bennett part. And I know, uh, speaking of Tony Bennett just died, right? Like I, on some level, I get it, but we're doing Indiana Jones and Tony Bennett. Like, really? Did the kids choose this or did the band director? I, you know, did the guy my age choose this? 
You know, like I don't yeah. know. Anyways, I was a little bit, I'm like, when are these kids are really good? Like, let them get a few things off, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, even in the stands kind of thing. So I don't know. I know I'm gonna catch I'm sorry. I apologize to all our MRDs, which is like our entire audience <laughs> or parents of MRDs, which is the rest of the audience, right? But like that kind of stuff, it's like we gotta keep it going. And I was just at the same time, like you said, we're just going through the growing pains of the transition from FCS to FBS. And we're going through the growing pains of like hoping we get 21,000 in our 25,000 seat stadium to actually being able to accommodate 25,000 yeah. in the stadium, you know? And that's everything from concessions to entertainment to on field, you know, all that stuff. And I just, I'm really pleased that JMU is trying. I know people were frustrated a little bit with the concessions still, but like, I still think it's better. It couldn't have been worse than last year. So like trying to do something different is a good thing. Um, well, and once you get to pass, but I mean, you go to freaking major league baseball games, you're going to wait in line. It's just a logistically difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, they added concessions the on grab the, and go. Yeah. They added stuff on the Godwin side. Oh, and then the best thing of all, Rob, sorry, I forgot the best thing of all is, um, they moved the visit. So this is, there's a good and a bad to this, but they moved the visiting fans from the Godwin side in the corner by Plecker to the BFE side, like all the way up top on at Eagle hall. Right. Okay. So the Bucknell yeah. fans are, you know, on the seventh floor of Eagle hall, basically. Okay. Um, in that corner of the upper deck. And it's going to be a huge advantage on the field. Like those plays, you remember in the old stadium or last year, Rob, we would sit there and like, if the, like say Marshall at homecoming or whatever, like if they made a big play, their fans are right on the field, right behind their bench. And it was like, you could feel that momentum, right? They're getting excited. Bucknell made those plays in the first half. I didn't even know they had fans in the stadium and they had like a, they had a sizable group. It's the season opener. So like, I'm assuming all their parents and friends and stuff, you know, it wasn't a long trip. <laughs> like, they had a good group, but they were irrelevant to the on the field game, which is what JMU learned last year when we went on the road, you know, and you looked at where we were placed at Louisville or App State or et cetera, et cetera. And that's why we moved them over. Um, it's a little hard because like that is going to be that former visitor section is going to be the last part of the stadium to fill in now with JMU people. Like, I think the, stu- I don't know if the students go all the way down that side or how that works, but, um, but still pretty good. I was really pleased with the turnout for Bucknell in week one. Like, I think they announced 22, five or something, but yeah, I, I just, I, and that move of moving the visiting fans where the visiting fans seem to typically get seated at most other stadiums is a, is a acknowledgement that this is a bigger deal now. Yeah. You know, and yeah. those are good seats. <laughs> you got to lock in your uh, home home field advantage. Yeah. So again, like I'm I'm willing to be patient because I see JMU taking proactive steps to improve the experience and improve the game day stuff. Um, it's just always weird in a reseating and reparking year. Figure your way around again when you're used to the same thing. So that's all I got, Rob. We got some really good overtime topics tonight. We're going to come back to one of them. Um, that was really, that's like a non-football related one, but we did get one from Eric Bolin wondering what out of conference games we would like to see scheduled in the future. Uh, this was actually hard because, I mean, obviously we're playing UVA this year. We're playing UConn this year. We're playing Virginia Tech in a few years. Like those are all pretty good ones. Those would be high on my list, right? Um, so I don't, it's not like I have like major complaints about our out of conference schedule at the moment. No, I'm pretty pleased with it. So right, far. but um I, you know, I, I had kind of two thoughts on this. Did you have, you want to start us off with anything you were thinking, Rob? Um, I, I would like to see them play um, West Point and Navy. Like Army Oh, Navy. that's a good, good. Just I think, I think West Point is one of the low key best places to see a football game. I say that having never seen a game there, but both my parents have been up there many yep. times, my cousins, and it's right on the Hudson. It's gorgeous. A lot of history. Um, I think both those things, the service academies, are pretty doable trips if you were to do like home and homes for most yep. fans. And I think they're competitive games that yep. people care about winning regardless of the year. Mm-hmm. So to me, that kind of makes like the perfect, the perfect out of conference thing. You got to schedule these things years in advance. 
Um, yeah, it'd be great to take a scalp of a Bama or a Georgia or something like that. Right. But in terms of if I were the athletic director, I'd be trying to put together East Coast home and homes against kind of brand names, but games that, you know, we could be assured most years, Jamie, you'd be competitive and it would be something that people would enjoy going to. So those two jump out at me. That's that's a really good shout there. Um, I was also thinking about that, like games that where we would be competitive you know, that are reasonably local, but that did kind of cycle back to a lot of the teams we've played before. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Duke, Wake Forest, North Carolina, right? I mean, Maryland. Yes, of course. Those are all kind of like go without saying to me. I would love to take us, see us take a big swing at whether it's an SEC or a Big Ten um, or particularly like a West Coast trip, like a true, like it was fun watching Coastal play UCLA. Like when I got home from the game, Coastal was at UCLA. It's competitive too. Yeah. And, you know, like that would be cool. You know, if we could play Washington, like there's a lot of Dukes in Seattle. There's a lot in LA, you know, Southern California, like take a swing at one of those um, would be really cool. But, but also any, anything in the sec or big 10, I feel, feel like, well, I mean, I don't really want to play Northwestern, but like, you know, yeah, it's not anybody like, I, I don't No, no. I mean, I Michigan, Penn state, Ohio Indiana. state, right. Alabama, Auburn, Ole Miss, Florida. Like, yeah, I'd like to see us take swings at some of those at some point. I think, yeah, um, and, eventually do it. It'd be and cool. with the FBS, with those rules changing, like those teams are going to have to schedule the JMUs of the world more now. Like I think yeah. it's actually more beneficial to them in a way. I don't know. It's frustrating because we can never get a two-for-one with those huge ones. Well, you but never, doesn't mean you never get a home-and-home. Home. You can get a two-for-one. Maybe get a two-for-one, yeah. But yeah. it doesn't mean it's not like fun. So Yeah, but like I know it didn't work out for them. But it was cool to see Texas Tech go to Wyoming. Oh, it was awesome. That That's like the best game of the day was yeah. Texas Tech and Wyoming, right? Yeah. That's Florida cool. going to Utah the other night. You yeah, know? exactly. Like you want to see those intersectional, the old school college football. Like, let's go see what we have here, right? Like, I think our fans would be delighted, right? I mean, think of our fans if we got to play Texas, you know? Yeah. Like that Dallas alumni group or something, you know? Like, and I don't know that they would turn, I don't know. Anyways, we'll figure that out. Um, the other one I wanted to talk about was just, we're going to, I mean, I hope, I assume as long as we're allowed to, we're going to continue playing an FCS game. Um, And I don't have any problem with us scheduling. Like, the, like I'd still, like, if we're going to play an FCS game, you know, Bucknell was fine. That was scheduled in advance, I think, as the, that was the FCS game that we scheduled when we were still FCS, right? <laughs> but now, like, yeah, I'd be fine having Delaware or William & Mary or Richmond come to Bridgeforth again. Those would still be, I, I may, maybe not everybody agrees. I mean, I, I know we have like saltiness with administrators and stuff from the old conference, but like if we're going to play an FCS game, like you can't tell me Delaware is not more exciting than Bucknell, you know, and we shouldn't be afraid of like scheduling a good William and Mary team at home anymore. I mean, let's not do what UVA has done to us for 40 years and, you know, worm our way out of everything. Like, that's a good like, point right there because that yeah, is you know like I, yeah. I do think kind of in the spirit of college football it is nice when the state institutions support each other so to yeah, speak like UVA has um, had no problem playing William and Mary and Richmond who they although they have managed to lose sometimes I think they scheduled them thinking like feeling confident they could beat them in yeah, a way well, where I, their refusal to schedule JMU was largely about not having that confidence <laughs> Yeah, I, I I would sit on it for a couple of years. I still wouldn't. It's the wound is still too too fresh in terms yeah. of the way it went down with CAA and right. how they were loudly advocating to get us out and everything. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be writing them a check anytime soon. Right. But you're right. You shouldn't freeze them out. That's kind of lame. Um, I still say if you're going to play an FCS game, they'd never do it in a million years. But I always wanted JMU to play out of conference. Um, you know, home and home with an Ivy League when we were FCS. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool to do, but they're not going to come this this, this far. Time. Yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, Georgetown. I mean, we're going to continue to see the some of the other Bucknell-type teams, I'm sure. Yeah, um, it's hard because, like, it, it is by nature supposed to be a warm-up. You, you'd like to get some sort of competition. Georgetown ain't going to do it. Um, no, no, I know. It's like, Bucknell, yeah. I mean, Didn't you, you just beat Bucknell by 35 points, and people are acting like that was too close. Like, yeah. I think people – expect to win by 60 70 points yeah and that might not be feasible i don't i don't know i mean yeah continue to do it i, I think you've got the right idea 
play the long game, let bygones be bygones, and play a competitive, <laughs> a competitive FCS school. Oh. All right, Rob. One thing you're looking forward to this weekend in Charlottesville. What, what are you? Yeah. I don't know, man. I I just want to win. I, I really. I know. I know. I, me I really, too. This one, this will feel really, really good, but it will crush me. Like, yeah. I, I yeah. don't know. I, I don't like being favorite. I really don't like the fact that we've waited pretty much our entire lifetimes, and now UVA can play the disrespect card. They've got the emotional element of the first home game back. Um, yeah. it, I'm just very nervous. And it's given that fan base, it's going to be like, oh, of course we beat you. You were favorite. And just shut up. I, just no. <laughs> I don't care. I would love to have some sort of insight like, oh, I'm looking for this or this player. I, I just know. want to win. I don't care I, if we win by one point on the worst chain gang call of all time that makes everybody question last <laughs> Thursday. It's like, I, I don't care. I yeah. just – they it's not a must win or anything, but like this one means a lot to me. I just, I really, really want to yep. win this football game. I know you said it well, Rob. I'm not even going to, I wrote down quarterback play and defensive scheme. I don't care, but I don't care. You're right. Care. If we win, none of that will matter. It doesn't it, it matter. Does to not me how. Matter. Yeah. Um, I am excited to see how our fans uh, turn out this week. Just being at the game this week. It was very funny. I think every single person that's a season ticket holder for JMU is going to this game. Yeah. Which makes logical sense because it's, for everyone from like Richmond and Tidewater, it's actually an easier trip yeah. than, than JMU home games is. Um, and and arguably even some people in Northern Virginia, right? So, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to see our fans have a big turnout. I hope that we will be, I, I think that this group, this, um, you know, I'm sure some students will make the trip over the mountain. I know we would have if we had had this opportunity in school, right? Mm -hmm. But in general, I think we're, you know, bringing a crowd that will be, at least respectful of of the moment um, and some of the stuff that's larger than the game on the field. That um, I'll, I'll say that would be the only thing that would disappoint me more than losing. Yes, would be if somebody did anything to mm -hmm. tarnish the moment for Virginia fans and bring embarrassment to JMU. I do not think that will happen. Right. I know there's people talking about doing things to honor wearing ribbons. I think that's great. I have no, I'm not worried. Like college football things can get weird and yeah, whatever. This is not that, but yeah, God forbid anybody did that. That would be mortifying. Yeah. Um, but, and also just have fun, everybody. Yeah. It's an, absolutely. it's a noon game. doesn't look like it's going to be, it's going to be really hot this week, but it doesn't look like it's going to be that. looks like it's gonna be pretty nice on Saturday. So um, hopefully that weather holds should be, I mean, it's going to be really fun. I think, <laughs> you know, uh, and like, yeah, you said it the best Rob, just win. The rest of it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I really, I, I don't care. No I style. They, they have to win this one. Like, right? yeah. I don't care. It's one nothing. Like, yeah, just get it. It's the way we felt about ODU last year. Yeah, it was like just got to get off this. Just got to get off the. Got to win this one. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, big congrats to Texas State and Louisiana Monroe for the big wins. Um, like you said, Coastal was competitive, so that was interesting. Um, you know, nothing, nothing too good. I think nothing too. I mean, the Texas State one was the shock. Um, but otherwise, I don't know that there was anything that like was super shocking in the Sun Belt this week. No, it's week one. Yeah. Big congrats to volleyball, beating Western, beating ranked Western Kentucky and now receiving votes. And men's soccer, like, looking legit, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, 17th in the country, blew out Radford. This is all right. Good stuff coming. So, Rob, I will be nervous until we record next week. But I'm really hoping that next week is a more um, optimistic and hopeful podcast than yeah, this one. I, I mean, we got to believe at this point. Just yes. enjoy it, like you said, and uh, have fun and hope the Dukes come out on top. Yes. All right. I'll talk to you next week, Rob. All right. Have a good week. Go Dukes.
Books by James Jones, cause they 